we are back in the saddle. Isn't it on the saddle? No, you just think that because you are from New York where people get on a line instead of in a line. No, I think that because I've ridden a horse before. Oh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Cowboy. I mean, I also got thrown off that horse, so who knows? Title of Cowboy revoked. No. On this episode of Repeater, we sit down with Annalise Dominiguini, social editor and writer at Noisy, and we talk about Toto's song, Africa. We also have Brooklyn-based dream pop band Project Diem on the show. Yes. Now, to let everyone know, I actually messed up the recording for this show, and what that means is that I didn't get any of Project Diem's actual live performance on tape, but we do get a full interview from Annalise. But don't worry, we have studio tracks from Project DM, and we also have the copy of Toto's Africa that they covered for us, and it was incredible. Yeah, pretty cool. They actually, as a result of this show, recorded and released a single of Africa. So that rules. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very excited that we have like a studio version of one of these covers. Yeah, it's an incredibly cool thing. It's also incredibly cool that you're listening. Thank you for joining us. This is Repeater. Everyone give it up for Annalise Dominiguini. Yes. Flawless execution. Oh, yeah? I got it right? Uh, oh, oh, goodness, it's right up here. Oh, yeah. Grab that so you can chat right into it. Hello? Can yeah. you hear me? Okay. Cool. Be your loudest self. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. Yes. This is my second time here. Yeah. I'm a seasoned veteran. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, last time you were here, we talked about, uh, beautiful one hit wonder teenage dirtbag. Uh, it was very fun. That was a great reaction. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it was a very good time. And then it also led to, uh, then coming on the show for the next show. Yeah. So I can't make any promises with this one. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Our fingers are crossed. Um, been t- tweeting Toto. Yeah. They don't tweet much, but I hope they'll respond to me. Yeah. Um, but let's get started with just talking about something that, uh, we've been listening to lately. Pat. Hi, it's me, Pat. Uh, and I've been listening to a lot of music. Um, and the thing that I've been listening to probably the most is Screaming Females, because I just went and yeah. saw them at Brooklyn Bazaar. Uh, they were fucking amazing. Marissa shreds guitar like nobody else I've ever seen play. Uh, and honestly, aside from probably Pup, they're one of the only other... Yeah. Yes. This monster dog that's on my shirt. Uh, they're one of the few bands that I've got, gotten home from a show and gone, okay, well, I need to stay up all night now and learn how to play all of these songs, <laughs> uh, which I didn't do because I'm responsible, yeah, but I did you. it the next day. Growing uh, up sucks. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What about you? Um, I have been listening to mostly country music. Cool. That's sort of my beat at right. Noisy now. Um, you are a uh, music writer. Yeah. Well, social media editor and music writer cool. for Noisy. Um, I guess... I've been listening to the new Chris Stapleton a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wasn't like super into it when I first heard it, but I've listened to it like five times now. So I guess I like it. <laughs> uh, 
And the new Mac DeMarco album is actually really good, yeah. which is a phrase I never thought I would say in my life, <laughs> but it's pretty good. No, I'm not familiar with Mac DeMarco. What kind of, is that also country? No, he's, I mean, he's like modern dad rock, yacht rock, oh, sort of. Sweet. Like, he's like our age, but very laid back. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's him. hard to be our age and uh, uh, it's laid hard to back be chill. and chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Some good stuff. Yeah. I would only, I kind of recently started listening to Chris Stapleton. He's really good. I mean, he's yeah. not like country, like traditional country. He just sort of gets like roped in there because he has a Southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, he's like songwriting is incredible. He does Willie Nelson covers, which is like amazing. His new album has a song called them stems, which is basically about waking up and being like, so despondent. You have to smoke your weed stems. <laughs> yeah. He seems to like, uh, like, yeah, musically it's not a perfect fit, but sort of like, uh, there's something about like his ethos or like kind of like, what he represents or whatever that is very fits into more yeah. classic country type yeah, of stuff. Definitely. Yeah. 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 He got recommended to me like sort of in like a group of be like, Hey, if you like old school country, you'd like these guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Awesome. But, uh, what song did you want to talk about with us today? Um, I wanted to talk about Toto's Africa. Sweet. Hell yeah. The old, very song. cool. The only good song in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool. Well, we're going to, I want to try to get, we're going to try to guess like why that song and we're going to be really wrong. Probably. I want to guess why I chose this song. (laughs) I guess too. Okay, cool. Um, uh, I, I don't have like a really good guess if I'm being honest, but I can tell you why I know this song for the, like the first time I ever heard this song and I only assume I mean, God, I hope that like, I'm not the only person that was introduced to Toto this way. Uh, I don't think I'd ever heard the song on the radio, but uh, I believe the band OAR used to cover it. (laughs) And so when I was in high school and it wasn't, I don't even think they like truly covered it. I think they went from like one of their songs into the chorus of Africa, like four times and then back into one of their songs. And I just remember thinking it was like, I was like, this song is so fucking cool. And I discovered it. (laughs) from this little band um, <laughs> that every college kid was listening to at the time. Yeah. And I had no idea. Um, so that's my guess is that that's how you found it. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I'm very confident in my guess. And that is just through hysterical vine videos. Oh Ooh. man. Ooh, that's a good guess. Uh, can we listen to uh, a clip of the song in case anyone's not familiar with the song that is uh, Ooh, Africa it's never heard by Africa. Toto. Show of hands. Here we go. Ooh, yeah. And here it is. If you haven't seen the music video for this song, a lot of it just takes place in a library. It is very bad. Like, like very focus, bad. A lot of page turning. Really action packed. It reminds me of uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, that's great. Cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, if you didn't know the song, that's a song. Uh, so what's the, what's the reason? What do we got? Why did I choose this song? Um, I feel like, I mean, this song, 
Okay, so earlier we were talking about how this was going to get really weird really fast. (laughs) Good. So I hope you're ready. Um, (laughs) But it actually came to me sort of at a time in my life when I was very, very depressed Mm -hmm. um, and like really anxious and having a very difficult time coping with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for some reason, when those synths hit, I just like (laughs) made me chill. And then I realized that like this song is like, everyone knows it, you know, like you have funny vines, which was like, that was kind of correct. I did yeah. definitely like it, it. I saw the, like, what was it? Husky, like dancing yeah. to it. And then was like, Oh, I haven't listened to this song in a while. I should listen to it. And then here we are. Um, but it's also like, I don't know, a song that you can go anywhere and play and everyone, like, it doesn't matter where you are, at least for me, like you play that song and everyone is like singing along and really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it's one of the catchier hooks in like all of kind of like the classic rock eighties rock yeah. era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a beautiful, like hard rock yacht rock thing. Oh man. Yacht rock. I'm really into yacht rock right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, as a quick aside, uh, what are like some champions of yacht rock? Oh my goodness. Yeah, not to put you on the spot, but I mean, I mean just yeah. There's obviously Kenny Loggins. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh we got Michael McDonald, <laughs> uh, Steely Dan. Khalid, actually, who's a new he's a new artist. He has a new album out called like American Teen. No, I don't think that's the name of it. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Cool. He's like we've been talking at Noisy a lot about how he's yacht rock too. Oh. He's just it's like a very chill, laid back vibe with some guitars and like Ready to go on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, go to a festival on a boat with all of those artists. A yacht rock festival on a yacht? Yeah. <laughs> I would pay 50 bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 75 for like a <laughs> VIP. Um, no, I agree. I legitimately enjoy this song too. I think it's great. And the only thing that, made me question how great it was, was when you tweeted the other day that it needed the uh, drum solo from In the Air Tonight. Yeah. This, so that I found like scrolling through Tumblr one night um, and it was just, I think it's like the very middle of the song when they have that little breakdown. Uh-huh. Like if you put the drum solo from In the Air Tonight right there, it's beautiful and seamless fit. And it's like the only only thing that feels missing from that song. Yeah. <laughs> like now I just want to like have that drum solo all the time in this song. Yeah. I mean like that's the best lead up to any musical part ever. And then like the payoff of the chorus of Africa is like the best, it's like the best, uh, yeah. Payoff, I guess of any chorus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you could like make that payoff like slightly better, that's the only way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At least in my opinion. Yeah. You're building the perfect song. Exactly. The Frankenstein. If someone can do that, I don't know. If- yeah. <laughs> That would be tight. <laughs> Someone make it happen. Um, yeah, I mean, this song like definitely is. There's a there's a element of it probably with all yacht rock, right? Which is like on its face, kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, it's completely lame. Yeah. I mean, and definitely one element of this song that's super lame is that it's a love song to the continent of Africa, <laughs> a place the guy has never been. Never been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's definitely like. Out of touch. Uh, in a lot it of ways. It has not aged Like, well. in a lot of ways, no. that, I guess dads that are into yacht, yacht rock are probably very out of touch. Um, so I get it. It, like, makes sense, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm also a very out of touch dad. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is why I like this Sorry song so much. Sorry for your kids. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it does, it, it's a really like, it's a really pretty song despite, I guess, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that is ultimately, yeah. it sounds like a bit of what uh, grabbed you about it. Yeah. Well, when, like I was first listening to it, it takes forever, right? It's like four minutes and 50 seconds long. So it's yeah. a really long song. And it like sort of loops almost perfectly. So like there was a time, it's really embarrassing that I was listening to it like maybe 45 to 50 times a day. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like putting it on repeat on iTunes and then like coasting through my day. It's really good like background working music. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're sort of like using it as a pacifier to sort of calm you down. It helps a lot to just have those sweet, sweet synths in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, this song is so funny. Like I, I once like, so it's like a sad way of getting into it. But then I've like, I put it on an every playlist that I have. And like at one point sort of started trolling my friends with it. <laughs> so like there was one, a bunch of my friends and I were like hanging out at a beach house for my birthday last year. And I like put the song on, but forgot to take it off repeat. <laughs> so I put the song on and uh then I left the room. <laughs> and it just played like 15 times or something before anyone realized that I wasn't there and not changing the song. <laughs> That's definitely a testament to like how much it can be repeated. And yeah. everyone's like, "Uh yeah, I guess the song's still on and not Yeah, like it. you don't realize it until you're like fourth or fifth listen, you're like, "Maybe this song should stop soon." <laughs> How much time has passed? Uh, 22 minutes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's gone from like this thing that you needed to kind of like, or like felt very soothing uh, to now something that, or maybe both things, but uh, that is just like fun and uplifting. Yeah, right? I definitely like use it like to calm down still, but I then, you know, slip it into a playlist and- <laughs> Make sure all my friends, you know, sing it at karaoke. Yeah. Put it in on any bar that I'm in that has a jukebox. <laughs> like Toto's Africa is always there. And it's always yeah. like everyone in the bar is very excited about it. Oh, yeah. And uh, it seemingly works on all these playlists, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like throwing it in the middle of like bluegrass, but. Sure. There's <laughs> a little bit of a different you know, vibe. Standards. Going. <laughs> but it definitely works for almost all of your needs. Yeah. Uh. That's a, that feels, this feels like a good gateway to like music to calm down to. Yeah. Um, because that's, I don't know that that's something like we've really talked about much on the show before. Um, but that there is something, whether it's like, whether the song is musically calming or the song is so familiar to you that it's like Mm -hmm. a warm blanket kind of, you know, the comfort food of music, uh, (laughs) if you will. Uh, that's a lot of metaphors. I probably have a couple more if you guys want them. Uh, let me dig Keep for a little going. bit. Uh, geez, it's the, um, the, uh, the rollerblades of life. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't chill on rollerblades, but I do like the idea of this song being the comfort food of music. I think it's in there. It's, yeah. Like even just, I would say like zeitgeisty rock radio. It probably kind of is the, yeah. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's amongst the, the comfort foods. Um, one of the, it's interesting to say bluegrass, but like, I would say one of the calm down albums for me always is Alison Krauss's greatest hits. 
I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. I am. But now I that you cover country. <laughs> I mean, it's like a greatest hits album that probably came out in like maybe the early or mid nineties. So she, it was like a mid career or even like first third career kind of greatest hits. You know? <laughs> That's like what a lot of country artists do. I've noticed like they have their like top hits, but in stages. So you'll get like the first third of their career in like a top 10 album. And then the mm-hmm. second of their career with like a few of those first hits, but then more. And it's like, sort of like you can judge. I don't know. I sometimes will like judge an artist's career based on how many of those they have and whether or not what they're going to be bringing out is going to be good. Yeah. 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 If there's a, I've definitely noticed like if a contemporary band is releasing the greatest hits, then I assume they are past their artistic peak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they've done I, it. Which I'm pretty sure is not what those. Definitely not always. Before, like Alison Krauss, I would say no way. Like she yeah. released very good albums after that greatest hits, which is a while ago. And guys like Willie Nelson, for example, like have released like a million yeah. of those kind of yeah. compilation albums over the course of yeah. their career. But like, I feel like with Willie Nelson at this point, it doesn't matter what he's putting out. He's like, it's all going to be good. <laughs> like the same, you know, like yeah. maybe not sonically different than his first stuff, but it's going to be like classic Willie. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, that, that Alison Krauss album for me is just like, I guess it's just, I've listened to it so many times and it is, yeah. su- it's like a pretty chill album. You yeah. Know? It's She's nice not to sort of rowdy. like put your brain on autopilot and just like let a song dictate what's happening for a while, you know, it's sort of like turning everything off except the one part of your brain that listens to music, mm-hmm. which is really helpful. And I like why people listen to music in the first place, I think. To like make you feel something or get through something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get real deep here. <laughs> what is music? Well, I feel like you well, had like listened to a lot of <clears throat> ambient stuff too. And part, yeah. I don't know if part of that's to like chill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it depends. Like yeah. ambient music's very relaxing and sometimes it's kind of unsettling and, uh, like I've mentioned the disintegration loops before and like, those are incredibly unsettling. Um, but because the tracks are like an hour long, they can sort of sort of fall behind in a way where you're just like, I don't know how long I've been listening to this, but it's lets you sort of clear out. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes I'm just like, I really need to relax. I need to calm down. I need to be happier or whatever. So I'm like, what's the loudest thing I can put on and, mm-hmm. you know, throw on whatever metal record I can find. And in a way that's sort of like ambient music. Cause you know, it's ambient music can be like the same thing for an hour. And the metal is just like, I don't know, a different kind of texture, uh, just harder to explain, but if I'm going to listen to Dope Smoker for an hour, you know, it's the same thing as the disintegration loops, just with more guitar solos. Yeah. yeah. I also get, that's like, uh, I also get that idea of uh, calming down by listening to something incredibly active or incredibly energetic. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I almost like forget about that, but that's probably like why any pop punk albums like stay in my rotation from high school or things like that, which is like, I've no, I don't have to listen to them cause I've heard them so many times and they just like, they do kind of like soothe you by releasing aggression or something like yeah, that. That's why we still listen to blink 182. 
Yeah. Sorry, do you mean Blinken Park? (laughs) Oh my God. I am so excited for Blinken Park. (laughs) This is like the epicenter of my interest. (laughs) If anyone doesn't know, Blink-182 and Linkin Park are touring together. They're playing like here in Queens. Yeah, Forest Hills, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really tight. (laughs) It is. We should do a show there. Yeah. Oh, at... at just in the parking lot of that concert. Yeah. We'll tailgate. Yes, <laughs> I want to hang out with that cross section of America. It's like, I feel like it's like all the like snobby white trash. Do you know what I mean? Like white yeah. trash, yeah. but they're like snob snobby about their music tastes, even though they're all bad. I'm not yeah. saying that like- it, Like they feel snob, like they- yeah. yeah, they're like slightly better than you because they listen to Blink-182 and Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that opinion and I'm a huge Blink-182 fan. Man, I like grew up in a super small town and we had like one hard rock station and mm-hmm. Blink-182 and Linkin Park were like basically the two artists that were on loop constantly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a very special to my heart sort of nostalgic thing that they're touring together. I'm very excited. For it. Our hard rock station would do like Linkin Park, uh, but then go through phases where they were heavily playing disturbed yeah oh, yeah that's well it's like like new metal yeah like yeah. slipknot disturbed and like corn all of those bands mixed in with like blink 182 and lincoln park and then yeah. just like bad butt rock yeah <laughs> really bad butt rock yeah yeah the sorry uh, if there are any new so, metal fans out there <laughs> yeah it's okay we're butt rock fans don't worry uh it's it hurts my like own like heart because I'm a huge, It'll be okay. so like I was a huge Blink-182 fan and you know, when oh, I was yeah. younger and there's still like songs and things like I hold dear about them. Uh, and for them to be, I guess, equated or partnered up with Lincoln Park, a band that I would have like hated and truly been like, uh, uh, like very defended, very defensive of my music, but, and very like, uh, you know, anti that music Yeah, to be older and now realize that they are bit, like way more similar than they are different uh, hurts. <laughs> you know, like to be like, oh yeah, I guess if you had to throw bands together, because when you look at like classic rock tours that have happened like our whole lives, probably when those bands were super new, those combinations of bands would have never made sense. Oh yeah. yeah. And, but we look at them and we're like, oh yeah, of course. Like those two bands from seventies like are touring together. Why not? Yeah. You know, but, uh, but then that's what this is, which, I guess means, yeah, we're officially like not relevant. (laughs) So stoked. (laughs) Yeah, you just like have to be excited, I guess, right? Well, it's like, it's so, like, it seems absurd, but then when you think about it, like, I feel like the audiences are pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then like people who like one band are going to like the other. It's just like sort of awkward to be like, I'm here for the Blink-182 and Linkin Park show. Like, <laughs> but I'm here for like, like Linkin Park, uh, yeah, not Blink-182 exactly. so Like much. I'm here for Linkin Park. I'm not here for Blink-182. Or I'm here for Blink-182. Linkin Park sucks. And it's like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> you think they're going to alternate who opens each night? That would be so tight. Pro- <laughs> probably. Well, my first or time just I- just play all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> just merge their sets too. Oh, that'd be painful. A girl can dream. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw Blink-182- I guess, I'm, why am I surprised about weird co-headlining shows that they've done? It was them and uh, No Doubt was like a national <laughs> I feel like that makes tour. sense though. I yeah. mean, like besides the definitely yeah song misogyny in Blink-182 yeah. yeah. coupled with No Doubt. But I, the first time I saw Blink-182 was also a weird co-headlining tour with Weezer. Oh, yeah. Huh. 
But like Weezer just played the blue album and then Blink-182 like came on afterwards and Travis Barker had his like flying drum yep. solo, which is pretty <laughs> tight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no doubt was better. Yeah. I believe that. Fully. Yeah. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Uh, but there's something in like going to see those bands now, like especially like being out of high school and I don't know, being 30 and going into a mosh pit and like, I don't yeah, know. Like, I was going to say out of high school, out of college, out, out of, of our twenties, <laughs> out of my twenties, uh, breaking everything inside me. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, you can like go and it's, you're not like trying to save face, you know, yeah. like no one who's going there is going there to like be ironic or maybe you are, but like there's <laughs> some deep part of you that's actually very excited about it Yeah, underneath all the irony. Underneath yeah, well, you know that everyone else there, uh, like, is owning up to it the same way as you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas in high school, there, or, you know, whenever, your teen years, there is something about, like, okay, who's at this show because they really like it? Who's at this show because they came with their friends? Or who's at this show yeah. because they, like, think they should go to this show? Or something like that. And there is a lot of, like, jockeying for social status. Or, like, at least your jockeying for, like, where you fit in is, like, this feeling, this this concern, I yeah. think, teenagers have, obviously. Oh yeah. And I think everyone does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't get over it, but, yeah. <laughs> but the context of going to see a band that maybe I've seen like six times when I was young and I've seen over the years, it's like, then I don't really care. Cause I'm like, Oh, everyone else here is just like admitting that, uh, they still like this yeah. and that they yeah. belong here. Exactly. It's like, get over trying to be cool and just have fun. Yeah. Which is yeah. what Blinken Park represents. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you said you, so you grew up in a small town with uh, uh, a sweet classic rock radio station or yeah. a rock, a rock a station, new metal station. New metal station. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, where was this? Uh, Chico, California. Cool. It's a one Oh six, seven Z rock is the, and I think they still play most of the same music that they played 10 years ago. Ooh, so consistent. Oh. Sick. It doesn't age. New metal <laughs> never ages. <laughs> Our new metal station overnight turned into a top 40 station. Oh man, that's Which terrifying. was really jarring. Yeah, we had like a couple oldie stations suddenly turn into top 40 stations. Yeah. And then like country stations turn into top country stations. It's very weird. Radio <laughs> yeah. is a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah, one of our hard rock stations became a sports station. Oh. It's a real 180. That's, yeah. That's. That's very different. That's disruptive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really jolted greater Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the last thing Greater Boston needed was another sports talk radio station. <laughs> hey, lean into what you like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so music has obviously had like this a huge place in your life and currently does. I guess, yeah, you could say that. Right. It's what you do. <laughs> it's important to me in some aspect, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would guess that like, uh, I get, um, keeping you calm, retain your sanity. That's like one thing music does for you. Yes. Right. Um, and maybe this is a dumb question because maybe like there are no music kind of does everything for you depending on, you know, what you're doing, what, like what your day's like. But, um, I don't know what, it, what, aside from work, like what is, maybe like contrast, like growing up in Chico to now it's like, what is the place that, uh, music does like, what does it do for you functionally? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I guess functionally, not only does it like, here, let me rephrase that. Let me start over. 
I feel like music, and this is going to get really like deep and go for it. If you have any blunts, light them up now (laughs) because this will sound a lot better. Um, Music for me is sort of not just like an escape and a release, but it's also a really important way to preserve moments in time. Um, And, you know, the tradition of oral history and passing down stories through song um, is really important to me too. Like I come from a family that's very musical. They're not like, they don't play instruments, but they sing a lot, just like random tunes throughout the day. We have a song for like saying goodbye. We have a song (laughs) for like saying hello. It's very cute. (laughs) Um, And like, these are songs that, you know, are like deep, deeply ingrained in my history, not just mine, but my mother's and my grandmother's. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I feel like for me, music is also like completely representative of what's happening in the world at any given time. And you can sort of see how people are feeling based on what's selling, what's really big, you know, like you, you learn more about a person through the music that they listen to than you ever would talking to them. And like the way that they, you know, their relationship to music. Mm. So I guess that didn't really answer your question, but but it does. does. It's like, I don't know. Music (laughs) is tight. (laughs) I love it. That answers it. (laughs) No, but that is like a real macro look at it. For sure. Because so, the last time we were here, this came up as we were wrapping up. So now that we yes. have time, we were you brought up Gloss the last time you were here. Yeah. And I think that really sort of hits on what you just said, which is like how people are feeling and what it means and uh, like who music is for. Yeah. And Can we uh, get a little Gloss context for yes. everyone? So Gloss, um, rest in peace. They broke up like back last year, I think, or yeah. maybe this year. But um, a very tight just radical punk band from Seattle. I yeah. Think. Olympia. Um, Olympia. Yeah. yeah. And it gloss stands for girls living outside society shit. And there are a bunch of like trans women, trans men, like in this band. Um, and they just like rip hard. Yeah. You know, they released, I think two EPs that mm-hmm. were like seven minutes long. <laughs> it's, you know, like really hard and fast, hardcore, but like fucking incredible. Man, they fuck you up immediately. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, uh, so when you were here last year, they were still a functioning band. Um, but I found, like, the most amazing thing about them was just that we live in an age where, like, I just happen to stumble upon them because of, you know, the internet. Right. Um, and, yeah, like, it's it's very special because it is super intense and it's not music for everybody. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't, ha- you know, it's like a very clear indicator of music doesn't have to be for everybody. Yeah. Mm. And that it's very important that that kind of thing can get out there and can be as potentially big as they almost were. Uh, yeah. I think they ended up turning down a record contract from somebody. Yeah. They I did, can't basically, rem- I don't remember the company, but they basically uh, turned down a record <coughs> label and it was like a bunch of money so that they could tour and get a new band. And they were just like, no. Yeah. We don't want that. We don't want to sell out, which is respectable. But at the same time, you know, you got to make money. You got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was also, I mean, there are also other, it's not shameful to do that, but it's also like their choice to do it is rad in the context of them choosing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like that makes the most sense for them and what they stand for. And like, that's their legacy or like what 15 minutes of music. That's like really tight and very powerful. And then they like said no to corporations and just wanted to be so in control of their own image that 
you know, they, they didn't want to do press with certain outlets because they didn't like those outlets. And they just like were very, it reminded me a lot of the way uh, Riot Girl sort of yeah. started and got its, you know, sort of advertise itself, you know, like local shows and not really doing press and sort of mm-hmm. trying to maintain the narrative as po- much as possible. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like it was, it was really cool and, you know, kind of sad to sad in that, you know, it, it is only that 15 minutes of music. Yeah. But at the same time, that's an album that I feel like I could just leave on for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And like discover something new every single time. It might be more than 15 minutes. Don't like, I'm not a professional, (laughs) but Uh, it feels very short. Yeah. There's this other group I just stumbled upon called the hers collective. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, And I think, I don't know the specific details. I think it's a, led by a trans woman. Um, but she just does everything. Drum machine, guitars. Nice. And I think the first album I saw on their band camp was like a hundred tracks long. Uh, I think it worked out to like 17 minutes. <laughs> yes. And it, it, cause it does my favorite thing in punk music, which is the one second song, which is just a burst of noise. And like, cool. That song's done. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I do feel like I hear uh, the, there is something and it obviously all depends on maybe like what we are, our own preferences are, what we're listening to and stuff like that. But, uh, there's always going to be music made for the masses and music kind of made for everybody. Uh, but the last like year, especially year or two, it does, I do feel like stuff that is kind of like becoming popular does feel more like, Hey, this is actually just for me or this is just for us. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of stuff seems to be. Uh, uh, having kind of like a moment right now, yeah, you know, and maybe, uh, yeah, like stuff that's a, a little less generic, more specific, uh, which yeah. is cool. It's been really interesting to like sort of experience too. And I think the internet has a lot to do with that because now you can basically craft any sort of message that you want and you can speak to anyone that you want and there's an audience for you. Um, you know, you don't have to, I don't know, you don't have to assume that because artists are on the radio, their words mean more than, mm-hmm. you know, artists who are playing in basements. There's a way to find those artists, which makes them a little bit more special. And I think like also makes their <clears throat> message better. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like there's the function of like this song where it's a comforting song and like a happy song and that's you know, absolutely valid and awesome. Cause it's a killer song. Um, but then, like you were saying, like the new Cayetana record is all about like, you know, self-care and like mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it is a fucking killer album. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing that they can like release that. It's not not saying that that's never been talked about before in sure. music because that's basically what music is <laughs> yeah. in some aspects. But <clears throat> the fact that they can release that and release it independently on their own label and like talk about this stuff as three women is really very cool. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to, I mean, they do have to worry about marketing, but not necessarily to the degree because their audience will find them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like the audience is looking for them. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, part of what, again, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting to talk about the, f- the function of music because for me, it's like, you know, I am a 30 something like straight white guy. Who's like the most generic you could be. And, <laughs> but like, 
a lot of uh, being able to find artists that are singing uh, very specifically about their experiences or maybe the experiences of people that are just uh, unlike me functionally like lets me understand them better and yep. gives me uh, like makes me feel like less of an idiot sometimes <laughs> and a little better equipped to walk through the world, you know? Um, and it's been, it's been like a great year, year, year or two to like, listen. Yeah. And it's like, just genuinely <laughs> be like, Oh, I can fill pretty much every day uh, with music that is like not my experience and, and like also love the music, you know, mm -hmm. like ha it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, music, I, that's one of the reasons why I love it. It's, it's very, at some point universal, you know, we're all talking about the same things, whether it's like heartbreak or moving on or, you know, being happy. Everyone's talking about that in their own perspective mm -hmm. and then putting that out there in their own way, whether it's like synth pop or it's yacht rock or it's country, <laughs> you know, like they're just doing what speaks to them. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was kind of throwing shade on that dude who wrote a love song to Africa earlier, <laughs> but it's sort of like, I mean, in a way, but like, if that's what makes him happy, I don't know. Like if he was having a hard day and he just kind of like got obsessed with an encyclopedia entry on Africa as a continent and he wanted to write a whole song about it, then, uh, I guess I'm an asshole for like judging him Yeah, because he just didn't know that much and he did what he could with what he had. Yeah. There's no better way to like realize that you've been a dick your whole life with by like then through listening to music you're just like, you're like, Ooh. You're like i really love this song and i hate it on everyone who liked it like that was definitely part of like bringing this song to this yeah. show it was like definitely a cringy song you know yeah. when i was growing up and i was like oh my mom listens to that i don't want to listen to that yeah and now it's like Oh, I was really a dick. And I was like telling myself I couldn't enjoy this because of whatever reason I decided was important. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, that stuff gets like framed a lot as guilty pleasures. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there are like, you know, I've heard a diff couple different takes on like guilty pleasures. Like, are they, is that even a valid like term? Like, can you just like enjoy what you want to enjoy? You yeah. know, guilty pleasures are like the bad stuff, the right. stuff that you should feel guilty about. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of what you just said paints like a different version of that, I think a bit, which is like, oh, I was just too uptight to enjoy it. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that, you know? Exactly. Which is why people want to hate on Blinkin' Park. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't come around and I like half of a Blinkin' Park. Listen. Uh, and I'm too insecure to admit that, like, maybe I would have fun at that show. I think that you I would, would. Yeah. Probably. Honestly, like. <laughs> but I'd hate myself for it, but I probably would enjoy it. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it's just the name that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but well, it's not like Blinkin Park. It's just whatever. It's like that's yeah. Blink one eight two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Park, and kind of alkaline trio. I mean, listen, but, if Jay Z can do a song with Linkin Park and still be a person, did someone say album? album? Yeah, he did an album. Yeah, this yeah. whole album. Yeah, it was Fuck. in retro. It was. <laughs> That was one of those things where I was like, this is very lame, but this is a very good idea. Like that's Jay-Z yeah. being like, I'm a fucking genius. Cause this, this like whatever fucking band has a million fans that I maybe don't have access to. And so yeah. he was just like, let's do this thing. Yeah. And then yeah. he, yeah, he won, you know? And it's, it's great. It's great song. The one song that I've heard that is a apparently an entire album. <laughs> now I have to listen to. It is an entire album. That is very true. I missed a lot. <laughs> Collision course. Jay-Z, Lincoln Park. I missed that. I'm sorry. The hottest album of 2004? Part 2005, of that growing up in a tiny white town is that you don't learn 
1973. Hold on there, partner. If you want to listen to Project DM's cover of Africa, head on over to repeater.show where it's available to stream. Well, hello there, partner. You either did that or have kept listening to us be dumb cowboys. Either way, here's more Project DM.
if you want to stay up to date with Annalise, we suggest you follow her on Twitter at Bananalise. She is hilarious and you can get links to all of her music writings. Yeah. And if you want to keep up to date with Project DM, you can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Project DM and also on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Well, Pat, I'm sad that we didn't capture the entire show on audio, but I think we actually got a lot of cool stuff out of this episode. Yeah, exactly. We uh, really used our lassos to control this thing. Oh my God, the cowboy analogy. When will it end? Never. Exactly. But it was cool to bring you guys some studio tracks from a band because it's just a different vibe than what we normally provide. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one, and I can't wait to get these dreamy songs onto my phone. We can't wait to get the dreamy songs on your phone, too, and everybody's phones. If you can rate and review us, that would help in that goal. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan, get off your high horse. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at qedastoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by The Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.